Miguelito! Buenas, friends. This is his sound purchase with Senor Stepan, Senor Jake. Keep it locked. That's what I'm talking about. Adios. Keep it locked. Welcome, here we are, dear friends of the show, another episode of Top Tens for you. That hall on our website, the famous Hall of Top Tens, is now getting rather crammed, almost as bad as the WWE Hall of Fame celebrity wing, which I don't know if you've seen, (laughs) they've they've been inducting celebrities. Really? Yeah, William Shatner's about to get inducted. Why? Why? I don't know. Was he ever? He's like 90. Yeah. yeah I, I found that out the other day. I was like, how is he so, that old? It's, uh, here's it's here's a real top 10 list for you. The top 10 William Shatner albums. None of them. Just whatever one's got common people on it. Common people or uh, actually his Christmas one's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Come, yeah, they tell me. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not here to discuss William Shatner. Sadly not. Or no. anything William Shatner-esque, actually. Today, Jake, what are we counting down? The top 10? We are counting down the top 10 best video game soundtracks. All right. Something very close and dear to your heart. Yeah. Well, You You are the resident gamer. You've played a few games in your time. Yeah. I wouldn't say as much as you, though. (laughs) Yeah. Don't have much else to do with my spare time, though. You've got like a I, I think after. the difference between the both of us is that you're really good at them. <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> I've got a massive list of of really, really good soundtracks. I've got five. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a struggle. It was a struggle to get those five. Oh, that's, uh, that's I, the main the main reason I struggled is because I kept thinking of these games and thinking, oh, it's a fantastic game. And then thinking, I don't know any of the music from that game. <laughs> you know, although the one that you text me about, I was thinking, right, I need to counter that. <laughs> so I was thinking the Muppet Treasure Island game would have been perfect. I'm not sure if you ever played it. No, I spent no, I didn't a lot play of time it. playing it. It was no. a three disc CD ROM kind of computer game. Wow. Do you want to start or shall I start? Let's change it up. Well, I'll go through my five just in case you've stolen any because I haven't got any honorable mentions. This uh, okay. Yeah. I've got a couple I can go through if there's any cool. uh, crossover. Okay, all right then. In no particular order. Right. Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back. Good choice. Very good choice. Composed Um, by Josh Mansell. It was released in 1997. Crash 2 was 97? Yeah, apparently. Man. Yeah, it's it's my number one probably all-time game in terms of the amount of times that I've played played it. it. Yeah, that's I fair. blew my wife's mind and my son's mind because as we started playing the remastered ones recently, I knew all of the secrets and knew all of this and all of that, and they were both like just in awe. My son thinking that I'm a god, of course, but my wife was singing, how many times have you played this? <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times you play that game. It's so good. And the music is, 
I'd say oh. 50% of the enjoyment. Absolutely. I mean, you could say that about really any of the original trilogy. They all mm. had fantastic music. But yeah, yeah, two, I think. Two I, I, I tend to like two the most. I think one is a bit too raw for me. Two is kind of that happy medium because then number three is a bit too polished. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, That's... like there's this really nice happy medium of it being kind of a little bit raw, but also a little bit better than the ultimate raw number one. Yeah. So GameSpot's Brody said the music couldn't be better. There you go. Major Mike, I don't know who that is, but said, sounds like a cross between Pulp Fiction and the B-52s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is, that is a, yeah, that's a fantastic yeah, that, review. that sums it up, really. I found playing the remaster actually the, the music's quite inspiring i was thinking you know what i could probably do some video game music i could play something yeah. I, um, it's you know it's not difficult my brother in did terms of like a soundtrack oh, for a video game did he yeah i don't know whatever happened with it i don't know if it ended up being if the game ended up being dropped or anything but um i'll ask him to to send this stuff over mm. to me it was pretty good stuff bipolar bear <laughs> the best band name in the history of the world i mean i think there's been a few people who have come up with the name but uh don't, but it don't is a good sell name. yourself short there like, uh, oh, i didn't yeah. come up with it i think you luke, didn't come up no with i think it. luke came up with it maybe luke is a better brother maybe maybe nah. i need to get luke on the podcast and just nah. you know, jettison you have you spoken to him not, not for a long time oh, there you go then i think last time i spoke to him he was playing pokemon go that's about right you go yeah yeah so anyway look i mean say no more the sounds of like turtle woods and hang eight perfect that's, yeah. that's all I'm going to say. Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back. The second of my five is Kingdom Hearts, composed by Yoko Shimomura and arranged by Kaoru Bada. Released in 2002. Original material as well, including previously written themes for the Disney characters like Mickey Mouse Club March by Jimmy Dodd, This Is Halloween by a friend of the show Danny Elfman, Boingo Boingo, Winnie the Pooh by Richard and Robert Sherman, and of course Under the Sea by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. I love playing this game, Jake, as I know you do. Oh yes. Did you play yeah. did you play the third one? No. It's um I mean they call it the third one. It's Yeah. It's about the twentieth and something, in something line. like that. It's yeah. They've rinsed this for all they can get. Pretty much, it wasn't yeah. the best when it came out. It's yeah. still not the best story-wise, but they fixed some of the issues through like patches and oh, okay. through DLC. They've released some pretty good endgame stuff with super bosses and things like that. But yeah, the original one, Jeff's Kiss. Yeah, Jeff's Kiss. I wasn't a big fan of uh, number two. Oh man, no, I love number two. I had much better. Number combat. two was good. But I like number one in terms of story. Number two was a bit kind of, oh. And you spend so long and you're not even playing as Sora. That was the worst bit. But you were. No. Yeah, number two. You weren't right at the beginning. Yeah, that's what that's I mean. You spend like... so long playing as someone else. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant you so long and then you're not playing as... Yeah. Yeah, but it's more or less the same thing. I really like Kingdom Hearts. As I said, it took me about two years... Fairly consistently, not all the time, but fairly consistently trying to beat Riku. Mm. I think that's that's the part that a lot of people have horrible memories because you couldn't skip the cutscene. So you had to watch <laughs> that obnoxiously right. long oh, cutscene. Yeah, the cutscene was so time. long. 
you know, I pretty much got it down to a to a habit where <laughs> I could, you know, kind of, you know, do the cutscene or basically die in the fight and then go and make a cup of tea, knowing that yeah, the cutscene yeah. was still going. <laughs> yeah. It was the worst of worst of days, though, if you overshot that cup of tea and had to sit through the cutscene oh, again because yeah. you died. Look, I love playing this game. I found the music mostly to be just short themes that loop around. Mm. Most levels kind of have a good and a bad theme to reflect the adventure or the conflict that the characters find themselves in. And I thought that was actually quite clever the way they did that. Mm. Dearly Beloved is a moody and brilliant piece, the theme song that reflects kind of the darkness, well, pun intended, of the game. And don't forget the sounds of Traverse Town as well. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like that one. Nice. This is my probably clutching at straws one. Number three, Alain Noir. I've not played L.A. Noir. Oh, well, bad luck to you. <laughs> it was pretty good. Of course, released by Rockstar Games, composed by Andrew and Simon Hale, released in 2011. I was torn. I wanted to actually select Grand Theft Auto because there is some phenomenal music in Grand mm. Theft Auto, but I, I decided to keep it as Original. strictly non, non-diegetic music. I, I as opposed to I did yeah. the same just because it's too easy like like we were saying before it's too easy just to go right well rock band guitar yeah. hero dance Definitely. dance you know for those that don't know non-diegetic music is music that the characters cannot hear diegetic music is the music that the characters can hear but it's the same within films and stuff like that mm. it was a cool game to play it was very much like kind of heavy rain-esque in the sense of you've got to pick up on the the features and you can kind of as in you're you're the detective solving hollywood murders and so on and you've got to detect who's lying and who's not lying and the whole game kind of reacts to your reaction so if you get it wrong then the killer goes free and that changes the whole story so it was a cool game it featured some really era accurate jazz so think of kind of 40s 50s might have even been 30s kind of noir jazz and you know jake i like my noir films yeah this, you do. this soundtrack and in fact this game is a bit of a love letter to want to noir films it's almost like it's in the name well exactly la noir but the main theme sounds as if miles davis himself has been blowing those notes oh wow I it praise. sounds really cool yeah and of course miles davis did a lot of the noir soundtracks which i've only found out recently mm. Yeah. Uncharted 3 was my fourth pick. This was definitely one of the games that I absolutely adored playing. I've played 1, 2, 3, 4, and 4.5 if you count the like kind of spin-off that they tried to do which I really enjoyed where you play as the two girls Chloe and Nadine it's composed by Greg Edmondson released in a game 2011 the score uses Middle Eastern in- instruments in combination with Western instruments to give kind of the vibe of big Hollywood blockbuster but set internationally which it is Nate's theme is heroic and 
full of that orchestral backing that you kind of expect from the big Hollywood blockbuster, which, by the way, they're making a big Hollywood blockbuster of it. Of course. Surprised yeah. it's taken them this long. Do you know who uh, is playing Nate? And no, it's not Nathan Fillion, who would be like the perfect, the perfect person. Man. No, I don't know. Who, who are they getting? Tom Holland. Tom Holland? Yeah. Piss off, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I... Yeah. But, you know, fingers crossed, he might be all right. I don't mind him as Spider-Man. I, I haven't seen him in other things. He's said to be very good in other things. But here's the big one. Um, I'm, I swear I've told you this before. Who's playing Victor Sullivan? Oh, you have told me this before, and I can't remember who it was, but um, I want it to be... Um, I can't think of his name. Woody Harrelson. Oh, that would actually be so much better. Or Bill Murray. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that would be amazing. Uh, no, it's Marky Mark. Oh. oh Marky yay. Mark is playing Sully. The Ooh. old man. Yeah. I mean, Marky Mark is an old man. <laughs> yeah, but to his credit, he doesn't look like an old man. Oh, he works out, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, but still, you know, like when you, when you... Sully's supposed to be like in his 60s, 70s, I guess. What you're saying he is... He is like the old bring man. Bring back Sean Connery. Get him well, out of retirement. Well, he's dead now, isn't he? So doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. CG, <laughs> CG He'd still Sean be a Connery. better actor dead than Mark Wahlberg alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Nate's theme is heroic and full with an orchestral backing, kind of like that Hollywood style. But it's the Rub al-Khali, if I pronounce that right, that has all the tropes of those kind of Hollywood desert movies, Lawrence of Arabia and all of that yeah. sort of stuff. It is epic. It's very grand. Sounds awesome. So my last pick, again, clutching at straws, but trying to pick something that maybe you haven't. Doom. <laughs> Doom was the 2016. On, Doom was on my list. I didn't actually end up going for it because I thought you might do. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So composed by Mick Gordon, released in 2016. It was a pretty awesome game. It was rock and roll, oh, man. man. Like that yeah. was so metal. Like, there was a there was a couple of years where Bethesda knocked it out of the park. So, uh, although it was it, I, I don't know. Either no, way, that you, you had Doom yeah. and you had uh, the new Wolfenstein that came out yeah. in relatively quick succession, and they were both just everything yeah. you wanted from that kind of thing. Well, and, and I think Mick Gordon did all the soundtracks for, for all of that as well. Probably. I mean, yeah, when you yeah. consider how Doom had been with Doom 3 and it decided to go all dark and moody and very early mm. 2000s 3D shooter, which was a bit... Oh my God! Look at Halo. We have to do Halo. Why? Mm. Don't want Halo. We want to mm. we want Doom. We want yeah. to, you know, be on roller skates as you run around. <laughs> you know, rocket jumping yeah. off of uh, yeah. demon to reach a ledge for a secret. Exactly. Perfect. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, how many times did we play the original Doom? Right. Oh many? man. Yeah. Too yeah. many. Yeah. Count. It was a pretty awesome game. Metal AF. The soundtrack was just metal as well. And that was an awesome surprise for me because a lot of modern soundtracks give the game like the John Williams treatment, the big, lush orchestral score. And mm. this was just heavy metal. 
Tracks like Rip and Tear and At Doomsgate are just perfect. Mm. Perfect soundtrack for being trapped in hell and blasting to demons with fireball guns. And yeah, love it. Nice. Nice. Good. Yeah. Good selections. Yeah, very good selections. In the first age, in the first battle, when the shadows first lengthened. Yeah, we'll do my five in no particular order. First one be Undertale. The Indie Darling of 2015. It's made more or less entirely by one guy, Toby Fox. I think he had a few people help him with a couple of our assets, but essentially he did more or less all of it. Critically acclaimed across the board. Well-nuanced characters, phenomenal story and combat systems, sort of mm-hmm. merging kind of more traditional RPG elements with a bullet hell shooter. And the soundtrack's just fantastic. Kind of just captures, really captures the essence of the characters and the, and the uh, environment. Phenomenal use of leitmotifs throughout the, throughout the whole thing. Okay. If anyone doesn't know what a leitmotif is, it's sort of a um, repeating... A leading motif. Yeah, exactly. A repeating I've phrase. I've literally been doing leitmotifs with you and I this past week. Yeah, and you can have a leitmotif that goes throughout an entire piece so it will crop up in another track, for example, and yeah. you know, where, whenever you want to bring so a certain character to the into someone's mind, you'll have their mm-hmm. theme, which will have a light motif. Put that into another piece of music when you want to evoke that character, or yeah, or it's, setting, it's or whatever. A, um, yeah, it's the light motif is a short melodic or harmonic or rhythmic idea that represents a character, an object, or a place. Yeah, exactly. And Pop quiz. Who invented the leitmotif? Was it Brahms? Close. It was Richard Wagner, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was actually error error appropriate. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Richard Wagner is said to have invented the leitmotif. Howard Shaw is like the master of the leitmotif. The Lord of the Rings. Oh man. Yeah. Is the best example. Absolutely. I mean, everybody goes straight for Darth Vader, the Imperial March, but. It's all about how Howard Shaw twists all the leitmotifs and changes yeah. it and passes it around the orchestra. That's the thing. The, yeah. the Darth Vader one, it's a little bit too on the nose. It's just that... Yeah. But it's sad, sad or whatever. Whereas, you know, a yeah. good one, you'll have a really interesting twist variation on it. Um, mm. Like mm. changing it from minor to major, for example. It's a, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a nice, simple... And it's a really simple idea, but it, it can be quite difficult to execute it in a way mm. which isn't really ham-fisted, and he yep. just smashes it out of the park with with mm. all of those things. And on top of that, cool. just loads of really catchy, memorable songs. Bone Trussell, Megalovania, obviously there's loads of stuff on the internet about Megalovania and people going nuts for it. It became a bit of a meme for a while. Death by yeah. Glamour, that's um, a particularly good one. I think that's made it onto a few playlists I've put on. But yeah, that's an absolute banger. What... Uh... Thing did that come out on? It was originally it was PC, I think, but I think it's had a release on PS4, Switch. It's probably on Xbox, right? It's on most things these days, to be honest with you. But yeah, Undertale, I, I very much recommend. It's um, very simplistic art style, but don't let that fool you. It is really very, very good. Oh, it kind of looks Which... like Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, it looks a bit like in it. a way. You there's, know, there's, yeah. you know, it's got a whole very interesting system cool. with you know how they turn the traditional RPG elements like EXP and things like that on its head. But I don't want to spoil it for people who don't know, so I'll leave it at that. All right. (laughs) 
Number two, the 1999 meme machine. That's right. It's my boy, Pepsi Man. And it's coming in purely on the strength of one song, the Pepsi Man original mix. Now, I I sent this to Stefan beforehand uh, because I need him to back me up when I say the sax and the trumpet solos. That's enough said. Next Uh, song, in the bag. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the the game was incredibly low budget for Pepsi um, because I think they spent most of it hiring the sax and the trumpet guy. Like, they couldn't even afford to get the composer to use more than one chord. Like, the entire thing is improvised over one chord. Well, one... It's like A, a yeah, minor yeah. or something like that. And that one riff, that boom, dum, da da dum, dum, da da. And obviously, you know, Pepsi Man! <laughs> it's it's yep. amazing. The game is, is fine. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> there's, <laughs> it's, there's a significant drop in like enthusiasm there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not a bad game. It's just very, um, it's a runner, so yeah. it's but Sonic. kind of... Yeah, a little bit, but more like Crash Bandicoot, okay. I guess. But not as not as good. If you really want to kind of go into and, and get an idea of why it's so good, the music, uh, 8-Bit Music Theory did a very in-depth video. It's about 15 minutes long on just how good those those two set the horns, uh, so the sax and the trumpet are. And in fact, like the 8-Bit Music Theory in general, although if you have no understanding of any music theory at all, he doesn't really... He's not there to explain what the theory is. He's just telling you the theory behind right. the games. So you kind of have to have an understanding going into it. But if you do, it's well worth uh, well worth looking at. Is he as good as Rick Beato? I mean, Rick Beato makes me angry. So, yeah, he's much better. <laughs> does Rick Beato make you angry? I just think he's a bit of a prick. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I just think he's... I don't know, just something about it. I'm sure he's lovely. I'm sure he's a great guy. But just... Sank about and just rubs Well, it's a bit like the TPS. Like, the more popular that they're getting, the less I like them, in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the, the Rick Beato is like king of YouTube at the moment in terms of his, his influence he... and so on within the music community. I suppose in the music. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, uh... don't get me wrong, his stuff is amazing and, you know. Oh, he knows. Yeah. His, he knows what he's talking and, about. Absolutely. And like, if he says that something is something, and he's like, "This is why." Yeah. That's that. He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. But there is just something <laughs> infuriating by how successful he is getting, because it's like it's become such a thing now that no one can actually reach his status. If that makes mm. sense, it's like uh, it's like the Beatles. No one is ever going to reach the status of the Beatles because year on year we keep putting them on even more of a pedestal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And all the bad stuff gets conveniently swept well, under the rug. But we're not here to talk about the Beatles. But we're not here to talk about the Beatles. So my third one is maybe Square's biggest cash cow game from their biggest cash cow series, Final Fantasy VII. which was released in 1997. It finally fixed Final Fantasy's screwed numbering system in the US because it went one, two, and then three, but three was actually number six. Wait, what? There was like three games released in Japan that didn't make it to the US. 
none of them had come out in Europe. So Seven was the first one to come out in Europe. Whoa. Okay. Other than Mystic Quest, but we don't talk about Mystic Quest because it's pile of shite. So was Seven your first Final Fantasy? Because there wasn't any others out in Europe before. I that, wouldn't so put it past you to be able to access played. number one, though. I was, I was, I was seven when Final Fantasy Seven came out. <laughs> That's fine. You know, but yeah, I loved Seven. I loved Eight. I loved Nine. Ten was also phenomenal. After that, I think they kind of fell off a little bit. What was the one that you were always telling me to play? Seven, Eight, Nine, or Ten? Oh, they okay. were all good. Yeah, but I've gone for Seven just because I say. For me, it's got the best music. Is it my favourite one? No, but we're not here to talk about that. I think it has the best music. And what was the most recent one they released? 15. Well, they've just remade 7. They've just released a remake of 7, which also has some phenomenal music on it. Okay. But I'm just talking about the original here. There's big debates about whether or not it's, you know, as good as people make it out to be, or whether or not it's really overhyped, as in the game. I mean, the soundtrack's pretty much universally said to be... Top. Very good. I mean... Yeah. Nobuo Uematsu, the resident composer for Square for the Final Fantasy series, up to, I want to say it was up to 12. Right. I think he stopped after that. Like, he would go out and tour just playing this album with, like, an orchestra or with his band, the Black Mages. Mm. And it just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, so really knocked out the park on this one in particular. Some people will say six is better, but it's, it's, it's you know, it's to which is your personal well. preference. Yeah. But I couldn't just say Final Fantasy as an entire series. I feel, felt that was a bit of a cop-out. Yeah. So I went specifically with Seven. It's right from the very get-go, you get um, the opening bombing mission music, which is just, anyone who's played the game, you know, it will just stick in your head as, <laughs> as a thing for years to come. And then, uh, obviously, like I iconic stuff like One Winged Angel, which he composed in a really weird way. So basically, he wrote a load of pieces and then just tried just moving them about to see which sections flowed well together oh okay so he'd just write a section write a section write a section and then just kind of chop and change it about to see what fit wow. it ended up being i say one of the most iconic pieces of video game music of, of all time yeah also he's got some great new spins on older themes so things like the chocobo music the actual theme of final fantasy the overture just really beautiful stuff really beautiful stuff mm. Right, so next one. So that was three, wasn't it? So Undertale, Pepsi Man, Final Fantasy Seven, Fury. The 2016 Bossum Up. Basically, it's just a boss rush game. You go through and fight. I forget how many bosses there is. It's like nine, eight or nine. Right. Ten. A number of bosses. Fairly challenging. Some critics were like, it's too hard. It's not too hard. It's it's not. If it was too easy, you'd you'd blast through it in half an hour because it's just nine bosses. Right. <laughs> so right, you right. want them to be you want them to be difficult because you want to get your twenty pounds worth out of it, you know. Mm. Get a couple of hours out of it. Which means, yeah, just slamming your head into the wall until you kinda of go, ah I've worked out the pattern now. And then you just destroy them. Yeah. It's a, oh, it annoys me. The same with like Sekiro. It's too hard. No, it's not. You just just haven't got it yet. Well, it's yeah, it needs an easy mode. No, it doesn't need an easy mode. I'm a I'm a constant user of easy mode. I have to say, uh, easy mode's fine. I normally go with normal or hard, depending on how much effort I can be asked to put in. If there's no option, 
You never used to get options. No. If you load true. up Super Mario, no difficulty option. Same with Crash. Yeah. Crash, there's no difficulty option, is there? It's like if you get stuck on the walkway one, you get, I forget what it's called, with the rope bridge. Road to Nowhere, I think it was called, or somewhere like something like that. You get stuck on that. Oh, tough. Mm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But basically, yeah, think the Tron soundtrack on steroids. Okay. It I'm is in. like full on hard, fast paced electro goodness. <laughs> You know, strong influences for it, it. It wasn't just one composer. So when they made the game, they actually got a few fairly uh, well-known, respected uh, electronic artists in to do it. So oh, and I can't remember who any of them are. Bear with me. So I remember Wave Shaper was one of them. Toxic Avenger, Carpenter Brat. Basically, reason behind doing it was to keep it fresh. So each boss obviously has their own theme. So keep people stylistic. Keep it stylistically the same. Get a load. Of of different artists who work within that genre and get them to make the music for a boss or a section of the boss or something like that and it just keeps it fresh because once again you know there's it's not an overly long game really and you want the boss stuff to be memorable you want each one to stick out yeah and they do like absolutely it's there's some that i prefer more than others so wave shapers wisdom of rage in particular sticks out but that may just be because i really liked that boss fight yeah uh, and same with Your Mine, which was a Carpenter Brut one, which once again was a sniper, uh, you fight a sniper lady and great boss fight. Is that her name, Sniper Lady? No, her name is, they've all got names like The Burst. Oh, okay. And right. things like that. Gotcha. So it was the guy who did Afro Samurai, I think, that made it. Right. If you ever saw Afro Samurai. Don't think so. Ah, right. Well, actually, funny enough, the game for Afro Samurai was on my list of potential people. Okay. That was uh, composed by Rizza. Oh, of, nice. Uh, Wu-Tang. Oh, Wu-Tang. But I preferred this one, so I put this one on instead. Because, okay. I like, legitimately, this is an album I used to, not so much these days, but I used to put it on just to listen to, you know, when I was going through my mm. um, Wolfgang Gartner and Dark Punk sort of justice phase. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, really good. Nice. Final one. Resident Evil Dual Shock Edition. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. It's, uh, it's not Resident Evil Dual Shock Edition, which is one of the worst soundtracks ever composed. Oh, okay. So bad, so bad that um, the composer pretended to be deaf for years as an excuse. <laughs> How does that work? It's like, so backlash was bad. Yeah. And then he pretended he was deaf. And then it was like, well, of course the music's bad. They've got a deaf composer in, despite the fact that that's not... It's irrelevant. If you know you know, music theory, you can write a tune, but even if you can't hear that tune. Have they not heard but, of um, Beethoven? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, But that's what he said. And then it turned out that he was, he's not deaf, and he's just been lying for years. Um, so surely anyway. he's been cancelled in cancel culture. Oh, I mean, he's been cancelled by virtue of being absolutely useless at his job as composing music. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. And they replaced, I mean, it was a pretty competent soundtrack. I don't know why they did it. Mm. Highlights for that one is the basement theme. Moving on. Okay. Good soundtracks. Last one, Persona 5. <laughs> it's just another RPG because RPGs just tend to have really good soundtracks. What is it? Persona uh, at least 5. good ones. Persona 5. You'll like the soundtrack for this one, Stefan. All right. It's a... Well, 
Persona 5 carries on the gaming tradition of actually being the sixth installment in the game. <laughs> it's in the series. Okay. Which is in turn part of a larger overarching series, the Shin Megami Tensei games. Um, but that's a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah. Whereas, yes, Final Fantasy VII fixed the numbery system for a time. This is, yeah, number six. Resident Evil 8's coming out. That's like the 10th mainline game and the 25th Resident Evil game or something like that. Well, yeah, and it's just like it, Kingdom Hearts, right, as well. So very strong acid jazz stuff going on throughout. Oh, all right. So it's really, um, really groovy and really very nice to listen to. And then you obviously, you know, as is tradition, you have to have a bit of rock in there mm. for, for JRPG. Mm. I've actually only just recently started playing Persona 5, okay. um, so I don't yet have any sort of standout tracks. This, yeah, just listening to the music as I've been playing it, it's just been a real, really nice, to be honest oh, with you. There's some parts here. where it's kind of, you know, I was going to put this controller down, just listen to the music, mm. so I don't have to do that. I can just listen to the soundtrack online. But yeah, um, yeah I really recommend listening to this one it's, if you, it, it's just good <laughs> alright then in fact yeah after we finish this that's, this is the one I want you specifically Stefan to, to listen to okay alright it's good alright well that's my five the, the question is though is Pepsi Man the entire soundtrack as good as the theme doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Who cares? Yeah, fair enough. All right. The, uh, fun fact, they re-released the soundtrack on vinyl last year. Did they? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think it was with the Pepsi cut, like the Pepsi logo. So, like, oh, the red, right. the white, yeah, and then yeah. the blue. I'm not Shame it was crazy. Pepsi, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what we do now is we rank our personal ones, mm-hmm. and then we face them off, Cage versus Travolta, in the most, like, Personal battle of them all. Yeah. One of them will dress up as a as a priest and headbang and kind of <laughs> do all of that. And the other one will just wander around and doves will be everywhere. And that's that's pretty much the, the plot of Face Off, which they're making another one, by the way. I, I actually think Face Off was a bit reserved with the doves. For John Woo. Well, I don't only, know. I there was that, only... The whole like final battle is just yeah, doves. Yeah, I think that was the only in the film where there were like mm. gratuitous dove use I say for John Woo very yeah. reserved yeah okay but it was super <laughs> gratuitous like, yeah. yeah I mean if I was if I was a famous director I wouldn't really want to be known for gratuitous use of doves slow motion <laughs> doves <laughs> I mean it's worse things you can be known for well yeah uh, I suppose I suppose Michael Bay yeah exactly okay exactly so Let's take a minute and we'll pick our five. We'll, we'll number our five. So, Jake, in fifth place, please. In fifth place, I have picked Fury. Okay. Fury. Verse Doom. In the first age. Oh, what? You put that at number five? Oh, yeah. Doom every time. I thought you were going to put that at like number one. Nope. <laughs> oh, yeah. Doom is a much better soundtrack. All right. <laughs> Done. You've put Doom too low. You've put it much too low. Have I mollusked it? 
that's that's my new verb. (laughs) I've I've done a complete mollusk of it. Okay, number four for me is Alain Noir. I've gone with Undertale. Well, they're very different, I'll tell you that. Uh, They're extremely (laughs) different. The Alain Noir one is very good. Yeah, but I think I prefer your one. Your one's but my awesome. one's like an actual song, though. Well, <laughs> your one's like an actual song, and it's kind of indicative of like the old eight bit kind of. Oh yeah, and it, I say it fits really well. That's uh, I believe that's the boss battle music when you're fighting a uh, robot game show host. Okay, well I think we'll put <laughs> Under Undertale above La Noire. Okay, what have you got in third place? Uh, in third place, I have got Persona 5. And I'm going to have to listen to that. In third place, I've got Kingdom Hearts. I I don't know. I'm I'm torn, Jake. Uh, I think I prefer the Kingdom Hearts one, I'll be honest with you. It, it's kind of iconic. That main... Uh, do, 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 do. It's just like, yeah, you can't beat that. I mean, you can. We've specifically picked soundtracks that we think are, but yeah. Um, yeah. okay. <laughs> I, I'd put Kingdom Hearts above Persona. Okay, if only for nostalgia. All right, number two. You first. Uncharted. Uncharted. Oh, I've gone for Final Fantasy VII, and I, I'm going to stick with my guns. That Final Fantasy VII Kingdom is a better soundtrack. Un- Uncharted is awesome. Oh, Uncharted does have phenomenal soundtrack. But, but Final Fantasy, One Winged yeah. Angel is an absolutely iconic yep. piece yep. of music. Yep. And I'm very sorry, but you're not going to top my number <laughs> one either. <laughs> I'm very sorry because I, I feel like I am. <laughs> and, you know, as as the resident kind of video game expert, you know, I'm, I'm a bit disgusted in you for putting that above <laughs> Final Fantasy. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm hesitant to even call you an expert now. Just listen to Pepsi Man again, and all of your doubts will be assuaged. I I don't I don't even <laughs> think we can actually put that on the internet. <laughs> Pepsi Man is the best <laughs> is the best soundtrack. Best. No, yeah, it is. I I yeah, I've got to really disagree with you on that one. <laughs> I think we lose all street cred if we're putting out yeah. Pepsi Man. What would Rick Beato think? That's the that's the question. See, I mean, I think I think Rick Beato be, Beato 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 Rick Beato. <laughs> I think Rick Beato would love the fact that Pepsi Man is going in there because purely on the strength <laughs> of a thirty second sax solo. <laughs> I have to draw a line at this one. If it was Final Fantasy, <laughs> you know, then then we could have a legitimate argument about Crash Bandicoot versus Final Fantasy. But let's be honest here. You're you're mad. You're mad. I can see the Pepsi Man song in Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> yeah, I can. So I'm not saying that they should do a um a skin for Crash Bandicoot for the, for Crash Bandicoot 4. Oh yeah, because there's a new one out. I haven't played it yet. Or they could do a DLC where they just recreate the one of the levels from Pepsi Man, but with Crash Bandicoot. And you could play as Pepsi Man. I don't think I don't think uh, Crash Bandicoot would have to lower their standards like that. So Crash Bandicoot's a real heavy hitter. I mean and it was. Pepsi Man is just <laughs> 
So you're you're going to relegate Pepsi Man to number two? I have to. I have to for the sake of the podcast, Jake. Coming from the man who said that was it Hybrid Theory? I forget the Linkin Park album was a better oh, album than White Pony. Oh, yeah. Meteora. I mean, it's not. Oh no. I, okay. I think Meteor is a more influential album in terms of how far that actually reached. No, White Pony was pretty. Uh... White Pony was huge. Don't get me wrong, but you know, growing up heavily into new metal, I knew of change changes. Changing the House of Flies. That one. You know, I knew that one. I knew that song mainly because of our equivalent of Kerrang too. Yeah, but uh, you know, yeah, Lincoln Park was undeniably huge. Anyway, we're not here to just we're not here, we're not to, here to open up old wounds. I'm gonna have to insist that we can't rank Pepsi Man at number two, and I'm I'm honestly surprised, disgusted. You say we can't rank it at number two. You're right, because it's going in at number one, baby. (laughs) You heard it from Stefan there. That's it. See you later, folks. (laughs) Slip of the tongue. Yeah, bad. Wins by default. All right. (laughs) I'm just just surprised that you've even put an empty man up that high. (laughs) Honestly, when I got your text, I was thinking... Oh, are we are we going for comedy value? Are we are we are we not taking this one seriously? It wasn't my only meme choice. I had another one. Oh, we haven't gone for your honourable mentions. Uh, well, do you want to do that before we now list off the top tens, or shall we list yeah. them off first and then I'll do the honourable no, mentions? No, go through the honourable mentions and I'll I'll list off the top tens as we go through. All oh, right. The, uh, so uh, I've deleted. I think I've deleted the ones that you've mentioned. So uh, my okay. list. Which of ones did I mention that you said? Yeah, so one, so Kingdom Hearts was on mine, and Doom okay. was on mine, and all right, on my list of things to think of. But I've already yeah, yeah. done so. Right, I'm just going to rattle through them. I'm not going to give too much information. Uh, Earthbound. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't pick this next one. Spyro. Never played it. Oh man, the music is is great. Afro Samurai, which I mentioned before, mm-hmm. uh, the Mario series. Pick your pick your favorite. Oh, soundtrack Koji Kondo. The games. Yeah, yeah, my man. I had a student perform Dire Dire Docks on the piano. Really? For, for her GCSE performance, and it was outstanding. Like, she was way into Koji Kondo. Oh, too right. The man is a genius, and it's it's a travesty that we've not included him in our top 10 list. But um. oh, but there's so many, so many. Like, oh, I know, of, I know. Of, especially some of the uh, kind of Japanese video game composers. There are yeah. too many for us to actually list on a top 10. Um, so, yeah, the Mario games, uh, the Halo games have got some absolute belters on there. Yeah. Zelda games, once again, pick your favourite, mm. and they're all very, very good. Parappa the Rapper, PS1 classic. Mm. Shadow of the Colossus, big orchestral loveliness. Chrono Trigger, don't think Kazuo Matsu, I think he might have done some of the songs, I forget. Either way, phenomenal game, phenomenal soundtrack. Mm. Pokemon Red and All Blue. Donkey Kong yeah. Country, the Mega Man series has got some belters on there. Street Fighter 2. And not just because of Giles' theme. There was legitimately some great songs on there. Giles' theme goes with everything. <laughs> it people. does go with everything. <laughs> I'm surprised, actually, yeah, now now that we're talking about, you know, Pepsi Man and the travesty of Pepsi Man being at number two, I'm surprised you did. I would be happier if you put Street Fighter in there just for Giles' theme. Uh, I mean, it was, well, I was tempted, as you can see, it's on my list. My final one that I've picked is Total Distortion. Once again, based purely on the game over music, which I'm going to send to you now, Stefan. It's in. Right. It's going in the chat. Um, so you need to have a quick listen to it. Right. Well, let's round this out. The top 10. 10. Fury. Oh. Doom. 
Alain Noir, Undertale, Persona 5, Kingdom Hearts, Uncharted 3, Final Fantasy 7, Pepsi Man, Crash Bandicoot 2. I couldn't let this recording be finished without adding in the best game that ever came out. The soundtrack in No Man's Sky is absolutely mind-blowing at times. The stunning music of 65 Days of Static sent me into another dimension, whilst exploring the endless universes of the world. Battling space pirates and collecting ancient artifacts on my quest to learn more about the ever-elusive Artemis. The music kept me locked into this game as I built my base up from a wooden shack right to a glass fortress of cobalt mining riches. It was a legend of the Kovac people. S-class ships and freighters. We'd formed an undefeatable army and nobody would ever stand in our way as we conquered every new galaxy we'd enter. I refused to bounce out this audio file without adding this game in. A lot of people despised it when it first came out. But Hello Games ended up creating one of the best interactive experiences I've ever laid my hands on. The real number one here is without a doubt No Man's Sky. 